Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee and Virginia. Winbet is now live in all these states and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, Winbet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Welcome back to the Road of His Fantasy Football Mailbag. We are here with the great Chris Raybon to talk about all the incredible fantasy football news that has broken on Wednesday, November 3rd. This is actually the November 4th episode. I'm your host, Mike Randall. Follow me on Twitter, Randall Rand, and we're going to get right to it, folks. But first, here he is, Chris Raybon from the Action Network and Fantasy Labs, one of the best in the business, fantasies, betting, you name it, he will help you make money. That's what he's about. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Chris, I got to tell you, I've never been more excited to have a guest on with all the news going on today. Oh, man. I mean, pretty, pretty uneventful morning, huh, Mike? Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm on, I'm on the West Coast now, so like... I love it because, you know, the days end earlier, but the downside is like if I wake up at like 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific, all this shit has already happened. Like, because I woke up like an hour ago, I'm not going to lie. And, you know, like I'm just looking like Aaron Rodgers is out and I got to update my power rankings and and Odell Beckham's apparently not going to be a Brown anymore. Yesterday I wake up and, you know, tragic news about Henry Ruggs, unfortunately, Um, you know, uh, you know, Best uh, thoughts and, and prayers to the, the victim's family there. But, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy, man. Yeah, Henry Ruggs is a tragedy. Like you said, thoughts for, for the family and everyone affected. I, I It's just crazy with the news that has gone on. I sent you the show sheet, and I feel like the Derrick Henry fallout has gone <laughs> down the sheet now. So uh, let's just jump into it, man. Just really quick, you've been killing it, Action Network. You came on last year, told us about your story, everything that you've you know, where you were and how you got to the point, but just talk about action. You know, I do some writing for them as well. It's an amazing company and you are killing it, sir. So just talk about all the great stuff's going on action network. Yeah, man. I mean, the big thing is you can, you can download the uh, award-winning free action network app uh, and you can follow me at Chris Raybon. So you can see all my bets, my player prop bets, all that stuff. Um, You can go to actionnetwork.com, see uh, my fantasy projections, uh, rankings, Sean Kerners as well. Uh, listen to the Fantasy Flex podcast. Kerner and I do three episodes a week now. Uh, and then we got the Action Network NFL podcast. That's the betting pod uh, with Stucky and I that comes out every Thursday. And then I do a big uh, column that comes out on actionnetwork.com and Fantasy Labs every Saturday where I break down every matchup on the main slate um, from a betting and a DFS perspective. I got uh, cash game plays, tournament plays, cash lineups, you know, bets that I'm making for the game. So um, that's that's what we're doing here. And then uh, also excited uh, – Gonna, you know, doing a bunch of NBA stuff as well. So you can follow me on Twitter um, and, and check that out. All those podcasts are in my rotation. The Flex Podcast with Sean, fantastic. The Betting Podcast with Stucky. Folks, the password is lucrative. That's what that podcast is. Tailing Chris, one of the best in the business, of course. Let's get into it. We'll start with Aaron Rodgers. And I guess, mm-hmm. Chris, I learned something new. And I like to be a lifelong learner. I guess someone saying they're immunized 
does not mean that they've taken the vaccine because Aaron Rodgers out with COVID. He's moved the line six, maybe seven points now, but he will not be playing and potentially next week because he is not vaccinated. So talk about the fallout here. We got Jordan Love and is Blake Bortles coming back? Chaos in Green Bay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, you know, from a you, you want to kind of start just looking at it from a, a bird's eye view. I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is worth about a touchdown to the Green Bay Packers in terms of the spread. Um, so, you know, the, the total is now down to 48 in this game from 54 and a half, I believe. And the line went from uh, pretty much a pick em to Chiefs by seven and a half. So um, that kind of tells you just how much Aaron Rodgers is worth. Uh, I'm still keeping Devontae Adams as a top five receiver but uh besides Aaron Jones I really don't want anything to do with this Packers offense uh you know maybe AJ Dillon can can kind of get into that flex conversation again um but I mean you know Tunyon is already out I wasn't starting Mercedes Lewis anyway but uh you know looks like Valdez Scantling could be back you have Lazard coming off the COVID list and just keep in mind if you're planning to start any Packers, uh, this might not be the last one, right? Like we've seen this kind of, you know, snowball starting last week when you had Adams. And it, it seems to be the quarterbacks and receivers, which is the most important part of your team. And, and especially when you're talking about forecasting the game, how the game is going to go. Passing offense is so important. So um, this is, you know, hopefully uh, Adams can make it through and, and he's good to go. I know he, I, I think he's not eligible to practice uh, until tomorrow, until Thursday. So oh, just kind of monitor that news. But uh, it's not looking good. And I mean, man, if the Chiefs struggle here, uh, it's it's really time to worry. I know most people are already worried about the Chiefs, but they're not going to keep turning it over at a historic rate. But, man, they just got a gift here. I mean, after they almost lose this game to the Giants, now they're getting uh, Aaron Rodgers. Out. I mean, that's even, you know, Devontae Adams is one thing. He's worth, you know, about a point and a half, you know, in my ratings. It's like the highest wide receiver in the league. But Aaron Rodgers is worth a touchdown. I mean, he's one of the probably two most important quarterbacks in the league along with Mahomes. Yeah, that's very true. And it's interesting. How you, Where do you put Aaron – where do you put Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers out now? There's been a lot of talk about how he's done. Rotoviz Game Splits app, I look at Devontae Adams when Rodgers has played and when he has not played. It's been 98 games when Rodgers has played with Adams, averaging 16.5 fantasy points per game, seven times without almost the same amount. So yeah. I think Chris gets <laughs> volume, but I don't know if, if you could rely on him for the same production. Yeah, this was uh, I I wrote about this before the season. How I was fine taking Devonte Adams after you know ahead of Ezekiel Elliott in in redraft, and one of the reasons was because I was just so impressed with the fact that Devonte Adams put up the same numbers, uh, you know, more or less with Brett Hundley at quarterback uh, as he did with Aaron Rodgers, and this was like earlier in Devonte's breakout. Like he wasn't a bona fide year in year out top wide receiver in the league conversation yet. Like he was just okay. He's putting up good numbers. He's kind of putting up those Jordy numbers that that Jordy Nelson was putting up. So yeah, I'm. I mean, Devonte Adams gonna get open. Like he's gonna be if he's on the field, he could be he could have be coming off COVID. He's gonna be triple covered. He could he's gonna be open. So it's just a matter of. Um, love getting it to him, and uh, I'm sure the Packers will call a run heavier game script. But I'm still, I, I'm, I don't think I'm dropping Adams below wide receiver five. Like I, you know, like it's, it's, it's just, it's still Devontae Adams. 
Agreed. And folks, I got that info from the Rotoviz Game Splits app. Please go to Rotoviz. You can sign up for the site. There's just so many great apps there. Uh, listeners receive a 10% discount off a one-year Rotoviz subscription. Enter that discount code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotoviz.com slash podcast for further information. Yeah, I think he'll be okay, Chris. I mean, I think people are going to drop him too far. Uh, but certainly, you know, with Rodgers out, that has moved the line in a huge, huge way. The next one I want to talk about, which I guess is on the back burner now, is Derrick Henry. So we hear that <laughs> Derrick Henry, the the irresistible force, immovable object, everything that he is in his greatness, is now going to be out for the rest of the year because of a surgery he has to have on his foot. What is the fallout? There's been a lot of debate. Adrian Peterson signed. Jeremy McNichols is there. How does this affect Tannehill, A.J. Brown? Break it down for us because I think people have really hit the waiver wire and they started making moves, but handicapping this correctly could really help those Derrick Henry owners who right now are struggling with how to replace all of that great production. So, you know, I think a couple of things are going to happen. One, the Titans are no longer going to be pretty much the run heaviest team in the league. I think they'll still be, you know, they'll still try to run the ball early in the down, but, you know, they have A.J. Brown, they have Julio Jones, if he can, you know, stay on the field. Uh, And and that's, you know, they're going to have to run their offense through those guys a little bit more. So I I do think their pass rate will go up. As far as the backs themselves, I I don't think Jeremy, and this might apparently be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think Jeremy McNichols' role will change much at all. Uh, this season, he played 90% of his snaps in the passing game. Uh, okay. In his career, he's had three games in which he's gotten over five carries. Uh, his career hires 11 carries. In that game, they went for nine yards. 11 carries for nine yards. Uh, you know, in his highest volume run game. I just don't think they view him as that, you know, early down back, a guy who's going to run between the tackles. He's more of the guy you line up in shotgun, you know, in a two-minute drill. He can take a handoff out of shotgun. He's actually averaging a a yard more per carry in his career uh, in the gun than under center. So um, I I do think that Adrian Peterson has to be the priority add here. I I do think they they envision eventually getting him up to kind of the role he had the last couple of years where he's getting about 15 carries uh, per game. And I think in the interim – um, you know, they also signed Deontay Foreman to the practice squad. Foreman has spent some time in this system with this team. So don't be surprised if Foreman uh, even leads this backfield and carries uh, this week if he's called up um, because they don't know exactly, you know, the reports are we don't know exactly how ready Peterson is. They're going to kind of decide it in practice to see how much of a workload he can take. But because of Foreman's familiarity, this is how NFL teams tend to think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they split the backfield in that first week or even Foreman leads the backfield and carries. I don't think it will be McNichols regardless. I think it will be one of those two guys um, unless they sign somebody else. So, But I wouldn't be alarmed if like you spent a, a, a lot on Adrian Peterson of your FAAB and then you know it's like Foreman leading the backfield. Um, that, that may just happen in week one. But I think over the long term, I think you're going to get Peterson up into that uh, – 15 carry range. He had a 15 or more carry game every month last year. So, um, you know, even at his advanced age, he proved that he can get it done. And I I remember hearing something last year, I think it was that he was kind of broke. So he's going to be hungry. Like, you know, he's not, (laughs) he's not just going to be out here, you know, taking a paycheck. Like he was waiting for the right opportunity like this, where he could get those, you know, 15 carries a game here and and earn some money. So uh, I think that, uh, I think that's how I'm looking at it. I think Peterson, Peterson is the guy I, I've been spending the most uh, of my budget on. He's the guy that I've been 
making the priority ad. I just don't think McNichols will be consistent week to week. He could get a few more carries, obviously a few more snaps, but I still think he's going to be the passing down back that mixes in sparingly uh, in the run game. And it's like, you know, look at a guy like Naeem Hines, JD McKissick. It's like so hard to know when to start those guys. Right. And I just, I think McNichols is still going to be that kind of back going forward where Peterson is going to be that unsexy, like, you know, 13 to 15 carries, maybe one catch, maybe zero catches kind of guy. Especially when they get near the goal line. I think that's automatic. You're dealing with a Hall of Fame back. And look, Chris, if Jordan Howard can come back in and get two touchdowns mm-hmm. last week, then AP certainly can get a bunch here for the rest of the season. Let's look at the Giants. They played the Chiefs really well. I'm based out of New Jersey here. We're very surprised they kept that game close. Kind of thought it was going to be a Chiefs explosion. It did not happen. Giants are piecing it together. They're fighting despite losing Blake Martinez on defense and having a ton of players out. Now we hear Saquon Barkley battling with COVID. Shepard and Galladay, I think, should be back. What do you do here, and what are you hearing about the Giants? Because that's an offense that should see some negative game script, can put up some points, Daniel Jones with the rushing, Konami code, all of that stuff. So what do you think here with the Giants? Because they could be better if they can just get healthy. Well, first of all, Mike, if if you thought it was going to be a Chiefs explosion, you should have read uh, Chris Raybon's column at the Action Network where <laughs> he broke down have. the game and said, uh, you know, Giants in the under. But You're now- <laughs> right. Lucrative. Chris Raybon equals lucrative. Uh, that should not- be the name of the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, let me kidding because, I, you know, I, you have good weeks and you have bad weeks. Uh, the week before I went, I think it was like 0-4 on spreads in total or something like that so you know you're up and down but no um listen the Giants it's been it's been so frustrating um I'm sure you know I'm a Giants fan too uh luckily betting makes me not care about my fanhood and and, and those winning those two uh championships in the last you know last decade but yep um with you my know, guy it, Coughlin. I'm a Coughlin right. guy. Yeah, yep, man. Eli Coughlin. Yep. Uh, I've been enjoying that. Peyton and Eli, by the way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I digress. I, listen, I think Kadarius Tony uh, is going to be you know, the guy that kind of benefits from all this carnage as long as he can just, you know, get on the field because I it got his like his hand stepped on in the Chiefs game, but I think I think he should be good to go. Uh it looks like Shepard's gonna be out Gaudi back, but I think Tony is gonna be Going forward, the guy that I would buy low on if, you know, if anyone's kind of worried about him after that down game against the Chiefs um, and just kind of some frustrating injuries in general. I think he's going to explode in the second half. You remember, he's still he's a first round pick. He's a guy that they felt comfortable drafting when they had a lot of other holes bigger than wide receiver. Um, even this week, you know, the Raiders are top three in zone coverage rate and Tony weeds the team by a mile in yards against zone coverage. And he's missed all these games and didn't have a role to start the year. So you that kind of shows it's really interesting. I find the similarities between him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, both of them had one year of college production. Yet mm-hmm. when Edwards-Hilaire was drafted, everyone talked about how great it's going to be. He's going to the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes hasn't worked out that way. Tony gets drafted. He's ridiculed across the board, yet he's come back. He's made some great moves. He looks elusive, and he looks very explosive. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, you know, anytime Get- David Gettleman is like the guy that co-signs for you is, you know, I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I know how it goes. Like, Keep it you real. Know, I get people, it, yeah. people, people outside of that bubble may not understand it, but David Gettleman is essentially public enemy number one uh, for Giants fans and, and just everyone out here. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I get it. It's it's a good point, though. It's uh, draft capital and pedigree is going to uh, be predictive of production and uh, Tony has it. And so I think he's going to be the guy. I think this week he has a great matchup. He's very, you know, he's been their guy against zone coverage. Uh, I think Gaudet will help, but, um, you know, who knows how 
healthy he's going to be. Evan Ingram just looks kind of lost out there. I know he got the touchdown last week. Booker, I think, will continue to be reasonably productive as long as as long as Saquon's sitting and he might have to sit again now, now he's on the COVID list he has to he is vaccinated so he, I think he can t- have two negative tests uh but we'll see what happens with that so I mean it's just a mess but Tony the short answer is just buy Kadarius Tony like that's that should be the guy that they're focused on getting the ball to any way they can week in uh, and week out and, and Daniel Jones I think is still going to be a, a streamer most weeks just because of you know his running ability as long as he has like one or two of his receivers, as long as he's not missing all of them, um, I, I think Daniel Jones will be a, a good streamer most weeks. God forbid we leave the news from today, but there's one more piece. As per Jake Trotter, ESPN, Odell Beckham Jr. excused from practice today. Browns are discussing the wide receiver's future with his agent. This has been a mess, Chris. Beckham's father posted a video of Mayfield not throwing his son the ball. You can always tell with the body language. A couple Last year, I think it was two years ago, bad body language with him, Jarvis Landry, and Baker. It just seems like Mayfield and Odell have never clicked, and the production hasn't been there. Where do you think, and is there a landing spot you want to tell us you think he'll go to? Because, I mean, this could, this could be a fantasy football league winner if he goes to the right team. I mean, he's obviously going to the Bucks if he gets released. Like that, you could see Tom Brady now. Like, right? Like he's like, guys, guys. Antonio Brown worked out, right? Like we could do this. We could do this. AB's a little banged up, you know. Scotty Miller just getting designated to return. They're on a bye week. They can do all their due diligence. Like Odell has to go to the Bucks. Like I, I would be highly disappointed because he can't go to the Rams because he's never gonna play over Van Jefferson for some reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> good one, good Sean McVay's just like, nope. I mean, maybe the Raiders, but you know, when you go to the Raiders, you're on the team for like a day. You burn your foot. You know, you. you they don't throw to wide receivers. Yeah. They just don't do it. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing it this year. I mean, Henry yeah. Ruggs. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. before the, the 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 tragedy was yeah. uh was pretty productive, but. Um, I'm salty about Brian yeah. Edwards, Chris. In case you couldn't tell, that's <laughs> the answer. He's, I mean, he's just not that good. Like, I don't know. He, he, like, he can, he can. If he's in single coverage, it's like you know, if he's in single coverage, he can, he can make a play here and there. But Carr, you know, Carr has alluded to it. Like, if you get open in practice, I'll throw you the ball more. Um, but like, how much is Edwards really getting open in practice? Like, probably not that much. Uh, but yeah, Beckham. I mean, listen, he hasn't been a member of the Browns for like over a year now. Like, he he's been on the field and nothing's really been happening. He's been one of those guys. Like, he's just there. Uh, he's not terrible. He's but he's nothing close to what he used to be with the Giants um, before the injuries. And he probably he's a very strong personality. And I hate to say it because I hate the cliche of the diva and the yeah, locker room cancer. Too. But I hate it. I think it's true. I just think his personality makes. Baker Mayfield uncomfortable and they can't afford that because Baker Mayfield is already not a very comfortable dude. Like you could tell, like he's the poster child for a a guy, you know, I know you've heard Stucky and I talk about it on a, on a betting podcast. Like anytime you get a team that can get pressure, (laughs) just bet against the Browns and Baker Mayfield. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. he crumbles under pressure. Um, and and I, I, I just think that, you know, when he's thinking about Beckham and that alpha, you know, personality and having to get him the ball, especially when you also have Landry there, because Landry is kind of like a, a toned down version of Beckham. They're very good friends. And, uh, you know, at this point, Landry's the better receiver. So um, I, I just think it's it's tough for him. Like we saw that last year where uh, with, with Beckham out, Mayfield started to, you know, feel a lot more comfortable. Granted, they had some games that were very winnable and uh, maybe they'll, you know, that will kind of continue here. But um, I, listen, he wasn't a factor before this. Um, in fantasy like I, I don't think you were starting him 
for much of this year, if at all. Maybe that first week or two, you, you, you try to throw him in some lineups. But I, I, I had him at wide receiver 50 before this news. So, like, this, and, and this is against, like, a Bengals team that just gave up 405 passing yards to Mike White, and he was still my wide receiver 50. So, uh, yeah, he's it, it's, it's just unfortunate. He's a wasted, probably a wasted draft pick, you know, regardless of where he goes. Information earlier this week, uh, news with Calvin Ridley in Atlanta. Of course, we, we we hope he gets better. Mental health is something that Chris, I feel, is finally starting to get a little bit of national attention, not near as much as it should, uh, but we certainly want to see him back and in, in, in the right frame of mind, a superior talent. Uh, but Atlanta without Ridley, I think this calls into question a couple issues. Number one, Corderell Patterson, who's enjoyed the 30-year-old breakout. Kyle Pitts, who was really starting to trend upward now, did not have a good game last week. Is he going to draw more attention? Matt Ryan, the offense, now they got to play the Saints, who probably will be starting Taysom Hill. So what do you do here with the Falcons now that Ridley's going to be out rest of the year? I, I mean, you start Kyle Pitts and, and Cordell Patterson. I've been, we, we, we've been banging the drum on Patterson for a while. Um, I, I think he's their best uh, skill player at this Absolutely. point. Yeah. So, listen, he's going to be the guy. I think he's going to play. He's going to get more work usage and snaps in the passing game. And he's still going to be, you know, a running back half the time. So, um, he's a guy you got to lock in. I would buy him, you know, anywhere you can. If you can somehow, you know, if, you're, if you don't have your, your trade deadline in line with the, with the regular NFL or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, I think it's going to be Patterson and Pitts. And, yeah, Pitts will be up and down. I mean, this is kind of what you get with tight ends. Like, even though he's a wide receiver, um, you know, you these guys are just a little more volatile. You know, there's and most most pass catchers are. I mean, it's hard to find a Devontae Adams. Calvin Ridley was actually very – consistent in terms of his target share so uh there's a lot to go around but it's scary it's scary because the falcons offense just looks so lost uh in that game without ridley and now granted the panthers have like four very good cornerbacks at this point but i mean what did matt ryan throw for like 90 yards <laughs> it was it was not good uh, i kind of like him this week against the saints like what, what's we can't like how are the saints getting six points with like they we don't even know who the starting quarterback is and they're they're six point favorites so maybe the falcons survive this week uh but it uh it you know that's all you can really do i don't think russell russell gage was really disappointing uh his his usage didn't go up with ridley out he still ran around only about 74 percent of matt ryan's dropbacks so um you know for the season he's around 67 percent so even with this news like I still have gauge like well outside the top 50 like I don't think we can have the confidence to start him given how we've seen them the Falcons kind of run their offense it's been Pitts and, and Patterson yeah I hit that under right away I think it opened Atlanta New Orleans mm -hmm. at 45 it's yeah. down to 41 and a half maybe yeah I think that's going to be a struggle I liked Matt Ryan last week of course that was before the Ridley news came out and broke on Sunday uh, but I, I feel like he's starting to get into to a groove in that offense. Mark Sanchez talked on ESPN about how him and Pitts are together constantly in practice. He went by in the red zone. So I agree with you. I think Ryan is sneaky. He's going to have to find someone else, but he hasn't had Ridley here for a little bit of time and he's been able to deal with it. So I'm going to step away from that. And I just I use that as an anomaly. And I think Atlanta could be a, a sleeper. I actually disagree. I, I think Atlanta's in trouble. I just think they'd be okay this week. I think they're this in week, big yes, trouble. Like, 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 remember their, their schedule. They, they played, what was it? The Giants? The uh Jets, the what was it the Jet? No, who do they play in uh they play the Giants? Miami? Miami, that's it. Miami. Yeah, 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 so they play and Washington, Washington. And yeah. so they played these four like below average defenses. I think three in a row were outside the top twenty-five. 
Um, and then, so like, it's like, I don't think that's going to be the norm. I, I am worried about the Falcons. I just think like this week is just more from a betting perspective than anything. Like, I just think six points is too much for the Saints without a starting quarterback, but I'm worried long-term about the Falcons outside of Pitts and Patterson. Like, I just think that like they haven't proven that they can be an effective offense against good teams yet. Yeah, so like, that- it, yeah. And Atlanta, New Orleans, a huge rivalry. Those that don't know, there is bad blood there. And look, the schedule coming up, you nailed it. At Cowboys, Patriots, at Jaguars, okay. But then Bucks, mm-hmm. Panthers, at Niners, that is a rough run. Oh, by the way, at Bills and Saints to end the year. So, oh, yeah, oh. That, that's, that's yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, you're not going to sell the skill guys like Patterson and Pitts because they're going to get usage and they're going to be fine. But yeah, I, Ryan, I don't know how many more times he's going to be in that streamer discussion aside from that um aside from the jaguars game obviously <laughs> you wake up in the morning chris you're going to juice cranberry orange grapefruit or pineapple so orange is usually the one i would go to um i like the fresh squeezed orange juice it's, yes. but i don't make it so it's really it, it will run you like it's like seven eight dollars if you try to it's crazy, totally, it's crazy. Like, what the, <laughs> but uh but honestly what i usually drink in the morning is uh homemade iced tea i that's usually my go-to drink um put a little bit of uh a lemon in there and uh it's pretty good so these large spreads make me nervous we got the colts at home who should have beaten the titans how did carson <laughs> not see jonathan taylor wide open in the middle of the field oh my goodness and so ben baldwin put out the video with the circles i mean there's no one near him but they're home now on thursday against the jets the jets very live came beat the Bengals at home. Mike White looks like the second coming of of Joe Montana. Where do you go here? That's a lot of points on a Thursday night game, which I've seen, Chris, over the years. As the year goes on, these games become more and more sloppy. The overs, I don't have the stats, seem to be live earlier in the year, but it tends to be an under as the year goes on. They got to cover 10 points at home. You think they're going to do it? I, I I don't think you can bet on the Colts to cover 10 points here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carson Wentz has like, what, four interceptions on a year and two of them have been at, at, on his own goal line or oh, something like that. And another one God. in overtime. So it's like, yeah, his interceptions are down, but he's still losing games mm-hmm. with these interceptions. If I'm playing this game, and I may actually jump on this here, um, is I'd probably go first half under. Yep. Uh, you look at the these two teams and the uh, Jets are 26 in first half pace the Colts are 23rd the Colts are 31st in situation neutral pace and the Jets are 26 so it could be even a full game under situation but I just think you know uh Colts put up what over 30 points the the Jets put up over 30 points last week I think you I think you just get this like ugly first half where they just completely regress um and and play at a slow pace and maybe there's a you know a, a score or two but uh Nothing, nothing to get over the total. And another reason why you always got to be careful with the with the Colts is Thursday night favorites actually tend to do very well because it's just hard to go, you know, play a team that's superior to you on a short week. So that's why Thursday night favorites tend to cash about sixty percent of the time uh, historically over the last you know couple of decades. But this is a game with a, a total that's pretty it's a little bit below league average and maybe should be even lower um i just mentioned the pace so it's really difficult to cover like a 10 you know double digit spread even a touchdown spread um in in these kind of games every point is just worth more the lower the total is so i don't think you can bet on the colts here um for me it's it's probably just looking at it under in some way shape or form 
QB questions here from some of the listeners. First one is, what do we do with Jalen Hurts? I have never seen, and I was not a Hurts guy, but he has been producing. Sure, it's 70% of his points in the fourth quarter, but listen, he is getting there. I have never seen a quarterback be this successful, yet it would not surprise me at all, Chris, if he gets benched in the middle of the next game. What do fantasy owners do with Jalen Hurts here? Rest of season and in the future. Start him. Like, the same thing the Eagles need to do, keep starting him. Like, I mean, listen, this guy's this guy. I've heard more talk about this guy. He's a top six fantasy quarterback, and every week, yeah, every <laughs> week, except last week, of course, when, yeah, when yeah. they put up the most points. But that's touchdown variance, it'll happen. It was bound to happen after he was kind of bailing himself out with all those rushing touchdowns, you know, multiple rushing touchdown type games. But listen, I, I don't think the Eagles have any incentive to, to bench him. A lot of people are worried about Gardner Minshew, but if you look at it this way. If they really wanted to evaluate Gardner Minshew, um, you know, a guy they acquired, then they wouldn't have kept him inactive while Joe Flacco was on True. the roster. That's a good so, point. you know what I mean? Like they had this, this was they just happened to find a taker for Joe Flacco who wanted to go back in and get a chance to play for a team that he was familiar with. So they said, okay, this this can work. We'll, you know, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll trade you. But like if they really wanted to evaluate Minshew, he wouldn't have just been a, a scratch on game day. Joe Flacco could have easily been a scratch on game day and, you know, held a clipboard and still, you know, you know, or did whatever he did or, or whatever. So for, for Jalen Hurts, right? So, you know, be a mentor or whatever. So I, I don't think that they're really going to do that. I think Hurts, listen, he's shown enough potential. He's shown he's got the, the physical tools. He just needs to get better at reading the field he needs to you know get a better feel for the pocket you're only going to get those things by playing so unless we get to like week 18 and it's a matter of draft position and then then you might have to watch out for benching like we saw last year where they took him out uh, I know he was struggling in that game but let's be real they took him out for Sudfeld so they could ensure that they you know got that draft pick so that, that's all I think I think you keep starting him like this is it's almost like a non-issue it's like this guy's a top six quarterback. There's not like there's half of your league or more wishes they had Jalen Hurts. So you just got to start him until, you know, you something happens. Otherwise, I don't think you can go out here and predict the benching. Like this is not like Sam Darnold where it's like, OK, he's going to he's going to have like 100 yards in the third quarter and, and, and do like ridiculous. We, you know, frustrating things. For Overthrows. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Like if like if Hurts is struggling, he can kind of feel that and just make some plays with his legs. That's the thing with with these quarterbacks. Like even, you know, you even see Tyrod Taylor when, when he's playing like he's kind of in that same vein where he you know he misses some reads in the field and but he like we saw it even with the Texans in his brief stint like when he's on the field he can still make things happen um he's rarely gonna play so bad that he gets himself benched um so you know I, I just until we see it I, I think you keep rolling with, with Jalen Hurts the other one I get a lot of questions about is Tua Tagovailoa, who had dodged the trade rumors like Keanu Reeves with those bullets <laughs> in the Matrix. Uh, Deshaun Watson seemed like a certainty. Not anymore. Tua is there. He actually has played better than people give him credit for. The guy was injured. He came in last year. He wasn't ready with the benching of Fitzpatrick. This year he gets hurt in game two. He actually had the overall QB1 performance a couple weeks ago. What do we do here with Tua in Miami? You start him in a matchup like this uh, against Houston, the team that they were threatening to trade him for. He's probably going to be extremely motivated uh, in this game. And he's another—he's a guy that's proven he can put up big numbers against bad defenses. He did it against the Falcons, uh, and he did it against, uh, what was it, the Jaguars? Yeah, the Jaguars and the Falcons. So the this Houston team is very similar in terms of defense. They're easy to prepare for. They're, you know what they're going to do. They're going to play that Tampa 2 scheme under Lovey Smith. 
Um, great beard for Lovey, by the way. I mean, I don't know if you've yes. seen his beard, but Love he's got it. a little yes. salt and pepper. Just it's 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 godly. Like it's I remember, it saw it at Illinois. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's legit. You know, like yeah. seriously, yeah. So he's yeah he's he's got a great beard, but not a great defense. Uh, so this is a good week for two. I think I yeah he's in my top ten at quarterback this week. So this is not the week to doubt him. And he's gonna again he's gonna be motivated. Like this is this is the team they were talking about trading him to. So he's gonna want to show everyone that. That he's the better quarterback than whoever I'm, you know, whether it's Tyrod or Mills, like he's gonna want to show everyone in Miami, like, hey, like, hey, I, I could also do this, and 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 you don't need to to go out and get Watson. So this week, fine, but I still think that there's this, the concerns for two are the same. I mean, we haven't really seen him do it against good teams, and I mean that performance against Buffalo last year when they had a chance to to get a playoff. Uh, berth was just uh, abysmal, and that's what keeps happening against the better teams. Uh, he doesn't play well. So until that until that changes, I think we we kind of know who he is. But you can start him against bad bad defenses as you can most quarterbacks in this week because everyone after these top like six or seven a week guys, uh, you know you can anyone. It's just all about the streamers and and this is that's another reason why you don't you don't but uh, you know worry about Jalen Hurts because he's in that top tier. People love rankings. This has been a hot question. I'm going to assume you tell me the top dynasty wide receiver right now is Jamar Chase. My question is really this. Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Devontae, where are you going for the dynasty wide receiver two? Ooh. Uh, dynasty wide receiver two. It would have been Jefferson but coming in, coming into this year, but that's maybe changed a little. No, nah, I'm still going Jefferson. I'm okay. still going Jefferson. I mean, this is one. It's like what one bad game, one or you know maybe maybe two. I mean, I think he he briefly left the game with an injury. Um, this cow and this Cowboys defense, like, is we're still at this part of the year, I think, where people haven't fully adjusted their perceptions of the defenses. Dan yet. Quinn's done a good job, right? He's done, He's done an excellent job. job. Mm-hmm. They're playing completely different. Like, it's not even the old Dan Quinn defense where it was just like line up and play cover three. This is like they're multiple. Um, they're playing man coverage, they're playing zone, they're switching their fronts. Like this is a totally different defense. So I'm not worried about him after, after a bad game. I mean, you know, he's, 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 as we saw last year, anyone who gets 1400 yards, uh, as Chase will probably do this year, like he's got to be in that conversation. Like Chase could come into next year and have, you know, maybe a couple of down games and then everyone's like, Oh, is Jamar Chase. Okay. Like, I think he'll be fine. Um, cause I, I don't think this is like a, a juju situation because, with Juju, I mean, he was playing next to Antonio Brown, and it was kind of like you, you could see the drop-off when, once Antonio Brown was out of the lineup. Whereas, you know, Jefferson, you know, Adam Thielen wasn't – like he was scoring touchdowns, but he, it wasn't like he was racking up massive yardage totals last year when Jefferson put up his numbers. Um, Jefferson kind of usurped him, uh, whereas in Pittsburgh it was like Juju and A.B., and then when A.B. left it was tougher for Juju. So, um, yeah, I think Jefferson will be fine. I mean, I don't, I don't mind Devontae either. I don't think – I mean, the only thing is you just worry about, you know, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers long term. Um, but, uh, you know, Devontae is so, so good, and he's still he's still not not that old. So, um, yeah, but I, I think I would – yeah, I would go uh, – I would still go Jefferson. It's the consistency on the deep ball with Jefferson. Last year, fourth among all wide receivers, 950 completed air yards. This year, up to this point, 23rd with 360. He just needs a couple completions deep, and he'll get back to normal. That's what they're missing is those big plays. Still super talented guy, and is going to be locked on your dynasty team for many, many years. Chris, you got a favorite video game growing up? Growing up? Favorite? I played a lot of video games. Uh, my favorite video game, like looking back on everything to play 
is was uh was Mario 64. Um Ooh. that just like getting all the, the 120 stars was just my favorite but <laughs> like actually like as growing up I would play every every football video game like I'm talking about quarterback club, Madden, uh NFL 2K, um whatever what was it like NFL blitz like whatever any sports game really too like all the NBA games I love getting like all the different versions now there's like like the official licenses so you only get like one sports game uh, for each league but like back then you had like five or six sports games for each like for NBA for NFL so I love those and they like oh, the wrestling games like um no mercy on on sixty four. Yes. Oh, good one. Oh yeah. man, I, we used to spend hours like creating our wrestlers and yes. and and editing like the intros and, and stuff, playing oh, the table ladder yeah. chair yeah. matches. So and then Goldeneye, Goldeneye, um, was, was big. 007. and then Halo in, in college was really big for me. Um, Halo is another one I really I miss Halo. Like I wish I had time to play like Halo. Um, I don't even own it. Like I I actually have a PlayStation and an Xbox now, but. Um. Yeah, it's a lot of games. It's hard to choose one, but I'd say Mario just because. Like, I still, I would probably play that through again right now if I could. And I guess I can. I got to find an emulator or something. But um, that was just so much fun for me. Nothing was better than beating up my buddies on on any of the Street Fighter games and getting those oh, yeah. <laughs> impossible finishing moves like Dalsim's disappearing move down and beating them. God, th- I, those are the memories I have. Absolutely. Listen. You're not working in anything sports related. Let's say it's a it's a second life here. What job are you gonna have? Who I would say let's think about this. Nothing sports related. Yep. Oh, I would probably be a, a I would probably be like a rapper or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Like I used to we used to spit back in the day. Um, yeah. you know, made made it made like 20, 30 tracks. So yeah. It's always fun, but it's it's like you obsess like when you start writing songs like you obsess over it kind of the same way like you obsess over like your spreadsheets and your projections and all rankings when you're doing this so it's like you can't do anything else in my opinion if you're doing that i don't know how these people like act and 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 you know are are artists and things like that but yeah i think that's what i would do just because you know you still get uh you still get to be a celebrity you get to be a celebrity and you get to kind of travel and do things like that so yeah you got to combine that in Action Network. Talk to Patrick Keene there. See if you can get yourself <laughs> rapping, with, rapping about the best. Yeah, That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So for yeah, for those that don't know, Patrick Keene, he's our uh, he's our CEO. The first time I think we had a a meeting like a one on one, he came to it in, in a Wu Tang Clan uh, t shirt. So it <laughs> <laughs> tells you all you need to know about him. Oh yeah, perfect. great guy. <laughs> Absolutely. A DFS plays. Have you looked at him here? Give me yeah. if you have. Let's look at one spot. One guy that you sort of highlighted each of the four spots. Start with quarterback here for Week Nine. Uh, for quarterback, I'm still going Jalen Hurts. I, you know, he had the bad game. His price came down. Uh, I'm going to continue to play him. You know, I don't think you overreact to the uh, touchdown variance uh, at all. He's going against this Charger. You know, he's going against the Chargers in a game that uh, the total's 50 and a half. So I think I think the Chargers are going to have a good game, or I think the Eagles are going to have to to continue passing the ball. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, last week against the Lions where it was a, a, a pretty big struggle. So um, like him at quarterback. Yeah, Jalen Hurts projecting well on Fantasy Labs for sure. High projection, ceiling, and floor. Uh, that Konami code, that rushing ability, even last week where he did not score, that 70-plus yards rushing really saves his floor. He gets a couple of those touchdowns. He's going to have the overall QB one week. Let's take a look at running back here, who you have your eye on. Well, I mean, now with this news, I think Aaron Jones um, becomes a, a guy that you're looking at just because – Anytime, you know, the Packers are, whether it's Devontae, now, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, I think you're going to kind of run 
the offense through Aaron Jones in not just the running game, but also the short passing game. So um, Aaron Jones is a guy kind of at that high end, you know, he's, he's, he's not quite uh, in that top, uh, you know, that top tier most weeks, but this week, you know, he's priced fifth highest. Uh, I think he's worth kind of throwing in there. Remember we have no Derrick Henry now uh, on the slate. Anyway, he wouldn't have been on the slate anyway. Uh, Alvin Kamara, there's always those questions about how he's going to, deal with the quarterback change yeah, Mark here. Ingram there now yeah, yeah Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram there mm-hmm. so you know it's I, I like Aaron Jones a lot and a, a guy I'll give you on the low end uh Zach Moss you know Buffalo uh two touchdown favorites against Jacksonville uh so we could see a lot of Zach Moss clock uh clock killing for the uh for the Bills gonna lead the witness here I love T Higgins this week in DFS at wide receiver maybe I'm wrong if, if I am tell me who the guy is I, I no, I think T. Higgins is uh, you know, he's a great play. He's what is he, fifty three hundred on mm-hmm. on DraftKings. So that's obviously yep. um a, a, a great play. I think I think Hunter Renfro now with with rugs out Ooh, and, and Waller's a little banged good up. Yes. Forty eight hundred. Um he's a guy that he's been very consistent, you know, seven receptions, uh three, six, six, five, five, six. You know, those are his reception totals for the year. Only one below five all year. So especially on DraftKings, you're getting that you're probably getting that double-digit floor just off his receptions and, and whatever yardage he gets gets off that. So I like him. And I will also say this. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to be a big Mike Williams bounce back. This week. Uh, he yeah, he's been, been quiet. Yep. He has yep. been excellent uh, against zone coverage this year. And Philadelphia is, is top three in zone. They pretty much line up and play. That's that quarters coverage. That's you know that old Rams defense. They're just going to kind of play zone, uh, you know, split safety. Uh, and, 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 you know, even though they have uh, Darius Slay, he's not necessarily because it's a lot of zone. He's not necessarily shadowing. Um, I know he kind of eliminated Khalif Raymond from the equation last week, but Mike Williams is not Khalif Raymond. So uh, I, I, Mike Williams has I mean, he has like 38 targets and like, you know, over 300 yards against zone and like 15 targets and eight catches and like under 100 yards against man. So it's been like a night and day difference in Philly. You can pretty much book it that they're going to play almost all zone. So yeah, sneak in suspicion. Uh, I, I don't mind paying up to be contrarian with Mike this week. And Bell, you got Belichick against the Patriots, but of course the comeback is coming very so- shortly. And tight end here. I got my eye on Tyler Conklin against Baltimore. What do you think? Ooh, Conklin. Uh, both. I, I, I probably he scares me a little. I know Baltimore's been bad against tight ends, but if you look at the tight ends they've been bad against, this was like what was it? Travis Kelsey, T.J. Hawkinson, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a third one. Who who else did they get? They get they got smashed by like a bunch of tight ends to open the year, um, and then they kind of turned it around. Waller, they had, they gave up 10, yeah, 10, 10 catches for one hundred five and a touch yeah, to Waller. It's Waller's last good game, <laughs> right? Right, and then yeah, and then seven one hundred nine and one to Kelsey. And then and then they and then Hawkinson they they kind of turn it around, um, but then Noah Fant goes six for forty six and one, I, and then Usoma goes off against them. I Conklin. So the thing about Baltimore is they play a ton of man coverage. Now people might not know this, but Usoma's actually and, and I wrote him up. It, it believe it or not in, in my column for week seven, I said, but the Bengals go to Usoma in man to man coverage. That's rare. Only like Waller and Kelsey are those tight ends that you uh, Gasicki. Pitts, guys you go to in man coverage a lot. So, you know, Conklin hasn't really been their guy in man coverage. So it scares me. Like, he could get a touchdown, but I don't know if it's going to be a huge um, volume game. The guy I really like 
this week is Mike Gesicki. Um, well, two. There's really two. Gesicki and and Goddard. Um, I think those guys. Yeah, Gesicki's at 4900 going against Houston. We know they're going to play a ton of zone that, that, that cover two. Um, they're they're you know bottom of the league against uh, in DVOA against tight ends. They're 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 near the bottom against uh, in terms of schedule adjusted receiving yards allowed to tight ends according to Football Outsiders. So love Gasicki. He ran a route on ninety eight percent of the dropbacks last week. That is abs- like absurd for a tight end. And then Goddard, he's he ran around on eighty eight percent of the dropbacks two weeks ago. Eighty four percent last week. Uh, and then he's going against this Charger defense that has struggled against tight ends. And uh, I think that's a little more indicative of, you know, how they really play, at, you know, versus like just the the, the schedule. So um, it's, it's due to more scheme. So those are the two guys that I'm going to be having a, a lot of. If you are in Fear Factor, I'm trying to get fantasy football Fear Factor <laughs> or Survivor because my family loves reality shows. You're on Fear Factor. What's uh-huh. the one thing that makes Chris Raybon say, you know what, I'm out of here? Oof. Um... Let's see. I would say I got snakes. I got heights. I got. I've gotten so many different things. Oh, you know what I hate? You ever seen those dragonflies? Really? Like those, those like big. It's like I don't like big flying objects. Yeah, you know, like Nelson a- Souza said mosquitoes. He goes, "I'm out of there. I'm <laughs> done. I'm done." Hey, I mean, in this day and age, you never know what you're gonna catch. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I totally get that. But for me, it's more about just like I hate those like flying roaches, the flying dragonflies. Like, it's more about things that like kind of make my skin crawl. Like, than you know anything else? Because I've seen, you know, I've been around like stray dogs, and I've been in the the wild. Like I've seen a lot of things. Not much scares me, but just like ugh, those, those things that make your skin crawl. It's like, yeah, I can miss me with all that. All right, last question, man. Amazing job as always. Then we'll get you out of here. Give me the bold prediction. I want the league winner, the fantasy football surprise, the C.J. Anderson, the Dion Lewis. What do you got for me here? Give me the Chris Raybon bold prediction. Ooh, for for the second half of the season, huh? Um, yep. Or playoff, the playoff run. Somebody you like who you think could really pop here down the stretch. Oof, I am going to go with. I mean, I, is it a, is it a hot take to say Kadarius Tony? Because I think he's going to no, be. No, it's that's a, okay. that's a I mean, I don't know. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been if if he had had another good game, but since he didn't, uh, I'll say Kadarius Tony. I think you you buy him um, in, in general, like buy these rookies, especially when they're coming off buys. I mean, Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, um, you know, all these Pat Fryer moves. So like, just yes, buy yeah. all the uh, Javen Waddle. Obviously, he's already kind of doing his thing, but um, keep doing, you know, keep keep buying these guys coming off the 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 buys because uh, you know maybe even <laughs> maybe we see some Nico Collins here. But no, Kadarius Tony for me, I think he's going to be. Remember, the league plays a ton of zone coverage. He's been great against zone. He's a guy that can run the ball. He can even they have some wildcat for him, so he might start being a wildcat quarterback too. They have some wildcat plays for him. Uh, I, I've heard so. Um, yeah, Kadarius Tony, I think he's going to smash uh, down the stretch. Just let's let's cross our fingers and hope he stays healthy. No problem with that at all. We so we've seen wide receivers throw some really good balls, like in Dallas. You never you oh, never yeah. know when a wide receiver is going to throw something good. No problem, folks. Chris Raybon, one of the elite, one of the best. Action Network Fantasy Labs, super accurate in all the competitions. Eleventh last year. I mean, just the man. Follow his bets at Action Network. He's got he's got the fantasy football podcast with Sean Kerner. He's got the betting podcast over with Stucky. Just does an amazing, amazing job. On Twitter, at Chris Raybon. If you're not following him, you are doing it wrong. Chris, thank you so much for joining us, man. We love having you. Always a pleasure, Mike. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotoviz Radio feed. 
contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio and at randallrant. Make sure you tell a friend, and don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.